Hallelujah. For your goodness and your mercy that endures forever and ever and ever. We love you, Lord. Give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Teach us, Holy Spirit, how to wait on you, how it renews our strength, prepares us for the day that is in the day that is to come. And we don't have to run into tomorrow feeling empty, feeling drained. We can renew our strength. He's weighed upon you as we pray. As we pray in the Holy Spirit, you said we energize, we build ourselves up on our most holy faith. Teach us that place in the Spirit where we begin to intertwine and weave ourselves into your very fabric and the character of your nature and your plan. That which would strengthen us beyond what we could ever imagine. That no matter what comes, no matter what strategy of the enemy, that we're in that place that we are unbreakable. Because we are woven together, not only with one another, but we are woven together by the Spirit of God into your very life and your very nature. I thank you, Lord, that we are entering a day when the enemy will do his level best to break us down to separate us, to pull us apart. But I thank you as we wait on you, as we're woven together as a family, a community, a body of Christ, as we're woven together in you, that you cause us to be unbreakable and unshakable. Open our eyes to see and our ears to hear that we might see beyond the fray of the day and begin to see exactly what you're doing. Give us ears to hear what you're saying to us, that we truly might see what you're doing, not what we want, but what you want, that your will might be done right here on earth as it is in heaven, that we wouldn't work in our own strength or the might of our own power, but strengthened with mighty power in our inner man able to be established and rooted and grounded in our relationship with you, such a depth of a loving relationship that in that loving relationship with you, that weaving together with you, we begin to comprehend this magnificent love that is not human love, this love that has a depth, a breadth, a height, and a length, a love that passes our knowledge and moves right to something we experience in our inner man by the Spirit of God causes us to recognize and realize that we are full of all that you are and all that you have. Help us to yield to that so that in yielding, you who are able, you do more exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ever asked, hoped, dreamed, or thought. Speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do today. In a place like this, many different thoughts, many different places that people have come from, many different ideologies, many different backgrounds, many different 
wounds, many different successes. But you are the Holy Spirit of God. You know each and every one. You can take one word ministered and begin to apply it and teach us because the word is alive. And you are the interpreter of bringing that word into our life by application, by truth. So we thank you for everything that you will accomplish in every heart and in every life to bring about the change necessary to equip us to minister to others, to heal that which is broken, put it back together again. I thank you, Lord, that you are able, even in this place right now, to heal the sick. Because you're present in this place. So we thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you. Thank you for the blood. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise you for your goodness and your mercy. We praise you, Lord. We magnify you. Your good and your mercy endures forever and ever and ever. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, you're working right now in that spinal cord where that nerve is pinched, that spine, that nerve is pinched. Thank you, you're working right now to release that pinched nerve. No more pain. No more tingling. Thank you, Lord. All the way down, right to the tip of their toes. No more numbness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We speak to the source of those headaches in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, right now that by the Spirit of God, you're just washing over. We bind that attack of the enemy. Thank you, not giving them a spirit of fear. For it's not what the enemy is telling you that it is. Thank you, Lord, you bring peace right now. 
that peace that passes all understanding begins to wash all that fear away, all that tension away, all that anxiety away. When all that's gone, even the headaches will be gone. For it's not a tumor. It's just built up. It's a lie of the enemy. So relax. Retreat into my presence, says God. And I'll give you peace. Passes all understanding. You walk free from those headaches. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, we magnify you. Glorify you, God, for your goodness and your mercy. For your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord. You're working right now, supernaturally working as only you can do to clear out those arteries in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Free flow. Renewed energy. Thank you, Lord. Restoring strength to that heart that's been working so hard. But you're opening up the flow. It'll work exactly, exactly how it's supposed to work. Thank you, Lord. No more restriction. 100% flow. A change from 90% blockage to 100% flow. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name, in the name, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. For your goodness and your mercy. Your goodness and your mercy. Your goodness and your mercy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Good morning, church. How are you this morning? Man, it's a great day to be alive. Hallelujah. If any of those things as we were praying there... Something that you have, you go ahead and grab a hold of that. And uh, and we're looking for that good report, so let us know if you're watching. Uh, Many times, just on live stream, people have written in and said, you know what, that uh, I remember specifically one day, God called out a vertebrae. They said, you know what, I was sitting there and I'd been in pain. And uh, when you called that out, and the funny thing was, is we knew somebody we were praying for uh, that had uh, broken a vertebrae. And, and so we were praying for them. But as we were, they received that and had total healing in their body. So if you're watching and, and any of those, God's speaking to you in, in any of those areas of healing, please let us know uh, your testimony. We'll rejoice with you in what God's doing. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. We're looking at somebody next to you say, the life of God dwells in me and the life of God dwells in you.
Therefore, you have victory in every situation, under every circumstance, and in every place. And your victory releases a fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere you go. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Open your Bibles with me to Psalms, the 27th chapter. Just want to launch off on this. We are talking about PPE, a growing season. We're talking about not just personal protective equipment, but we're talking about patience, perseverance, and endurance. As we're growing and, and taking time to grow, and God wants to do something magnificent. He wants to do something transformative, not just for you. It'll change you. It'll change me in that process. But there's something going on in time. Somebody say in time. There's something going on in time. There's activity going on in time. We're living in real time, as they say, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we'd like sometimes for time to stop, but it doesn't stop. But when we realize that in that time, God is doing something, even when we sing, wait on the Lord, you know, he'll renew our strength. We think, well, I'll go somewhere and I'll just sit down and wait. But there's a process uh, that God is in, in developing that. Patience isn't just like be patient and let something happen. It is an active working thing that we've been looking at. So the 27th Psalm, and again, I encourage you, if you haven't already, just to read this whole thing. He gets into talking about God, then the enemies, what they're doing against him. And he says this, and I believe it can apply to us today. He says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed. Believed what? Believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. The Passion Translation says it like this. Yet I totally trust you to rescue me one more time so that I can see once again how good you are while I'm still alive. Praise the Lord. That's way better than waiting until you're dead. While I'm still alive. Here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be brave and courageous and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting, for he will never disappoint you. So as we looked at that, he's really saying, he's saying, listen, I would have been discouraged. Everything was coming against me. It seemed like time to quit, time to lose heart. I mean, it just, it seemed like I'd been waiting. Things weren't happening. I was praying. I was seeking God. And then all of a sudden, you know, the enemy came and the enemies were coming against me. And I had to just pray that God would protect me. And he said, man, I would have lost heart with everything that I saw around me. I would have lost heart except I believe in your goodness, and I believe no matter what's happening on, around me, I believe that I will see your goodness displayed in my situations of life while I am alive. And so I will wait. I'm not just going to wait to see your goodness. I am going to wait until I am so engrafted as one with you. Because what are we waiting for? What is it that, that God promised us? He said, I'll rescue you from sin and separation because of that sin. And I will join you to myself. And we will become one. Jesus said, my, my prayer, Father, is that they become one even as you and I are one. 
that we are not living and trying to do something for God outside of Christ, but we are doing the work and the will of God in him. Intertwine our life in his, meshed together with him. That we're wound together, not only with him, but with fellow believers into the body of Christ. We make that threefold cord that's not easily broken. So we're not just waiting for something to happen, but we are actively, presently moving. That's what that word patience means. It means don't just sit back and say, well, I've waited a long time. I've been patient. No, we understand that God is doing something, and there's a process. And so we, in that patience, in that time, we are doing something. We can either be sitting doing nothing, we can be worrying, we can be stressed out, or we could be doing our own thing, hoping to present it to God someday and say, look what I did. And he's saying, you know what? And let, except the Lord build the house, you labor in vain that build it. But he said, I'll weave together with you. We'll become one. And my strength will become your strength. My ability, your ability. My thoughts, your thoughts. My ways, your ways. So now wait a minute, Pastor. The Bible just says his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts that are beyond our thoughts. How are we going to find that out? Well, Old Testament says that. New Testament, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, Paul said this. He goes back to the Old Testament. It says, uh, uh, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. They're past finding out. He said, but now. He said, but we have the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God begins to show us what God has for us to do, not apart from him. And so though the task looks daunting, the task looks big. He said, if you'll wait on me. So we talked about those elements in being patient, in meditating the word. What are you doing in time when things don't seem to be going right, when they don't seem to be what God said, when we're being tested? This isn't working out. Nobody pays attention to you. Uh, is God real? Is he even just asleep in the boat? Does God even care what you're going through? That's a great time instead of sitting thinking that. Are we going to die out here? Is this ever going to happen? People don't even like me. That's a good time instead of thinking that and meditating on that. It's a good time to meditate on his word. That's what being patient is, meditating on his word. When we begin to meditate on his word, we begin to pray and praise. As we begin to pray and praise and lift up his word to him, that's what prayer is, uh, lifting his word up to him like a mirror and saying, God, you said, God, you said this about me. God, right now I'm just praying. I'm having a conversation. This is what you said. This is what I see. This is what you said. This is what I see. So I can get more acquainted with what you said than what I see. And so then I begin to say what you said about my situation. Most of the time we enter into that place where the enemy's pushing us and he's saying, do you see? It's not what God said. Do you see? This isn't what God said. Do you see? This doesn't look like anything that you heard or what God said. This doesn't look like what God showed you. And that's what the enemy's trying to say. Well, I guess that wasn't it. He says, when you know you've heard me, meditate on that word. Begin to pray and praise. And when you get to that point of getting uh, meshed with me in prayer and praise, you begin to say, instead of say what you see, you begin to say what God said. Yeah. And when you begin to say what God said, you begin to have what you say. So you can say, Alan says this a lot, you can say what you already have, and you'll just keep having what you say. Or you can say what God says about your situation and begin to watch it turn around. Amen. And so it's what we're confessing during that time that seems off. You got to put your hand to something. God prospers. So sometimes we're just waiting. We're waiting for a time, a place. 
You know, when, uh, when, when, uh, years ago, we were, we were uh, implementing some things, and I went and asked somebody, you know, if they could serve in a certain area, if they had serve in a certain area. And they said, listen, man, I'm not serving in that area. God's called me to minister to thousands of people. Why would I serve right now in this area? I said, well, this would be a good starting point. Now, I've already started. I've already been to a Bible school. I've already, I, I, I'm waiting for thousands. And I just said, well, okay. And they're still not ministering to thousands. 15, 20 years later, still not ministering to thousands. God will bless what you put your hand to. She said, well, I'm just waiting for the thousand. Well, start with the 10. Start with the 20. Start just serving. Start with greeting. Start somewhere. Say, well, I don't like greeting because, you know, sometimes people come in and they're just not happy. What's going to be tough to minister to thousands if you don't like unhappy people? Oh, no, the thousands are going to be happy with me. Listen, if one can't be happy with you, how are a thousand going to be happy with you? Just take it from me. Come on, God, when he says get involved in something in the church, he's trying to train us. He's trying to develop something because these are brothers and sisters. If, if, if you can't get along with them, how are you going to get along with somebody else? All right, I knew that would get quiet. So let's just keep moving. Hallelujah. We strengthen one another. That's how we reach out to a lost and dying world is when you go out there, it gets to be tough. And so we come back, we strengthen one another. Uh, we wait on the Lord together. We encourage one another. We put our hand to something. And in that, the fifth thing we talked about is getting uh, uh, connected in good, godly relationships that we encourage one another. The Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but encourage one another to love and good works. Encourage one another to love and good works. Then he goes on right after saying that, and he says, if we sin willfully after we know that Jesus has had a sacrifice, so why would he put those together? He said, there's coming a time when there'll be such pressure to give place to the world and its ideology that if you don't have the church to encourage you and keep you in love and good works, you can get caught up in the divisiveness and the struggle uh, that the world has. And so he says, uh, first thing that we develop in our developmental process and in our faith is to be patient because your faith's being tested. So we be patient. We meditate on the word. We pray and praise. We confess the word. We put uh, uh, our hand to something. We have good godly relationships. We're patient. Listen, we're patient with people. You got to be patient with people. As you're going through this and you believe you're called to people, you got to be patient with people. Why? Because the people still have to get in that place of knowing what God said, praising, praying. So you got to be patient with people. God's not finished with any of us yet. Even as we talk about patience and perseverance and endurance, just think about God <laughs> with you, with me. Thank God he's patient. Thank God he's persevered. Thank God he's endured with us. But the Bible still says what he started the day you got born again, the day you gave your life to Jesus, and he started a transformation process of you leaving what you look like under sin and becoming like him. He says he will be faithful, always faithful, to complete what he started in you until that day. So even when you say, pause, God, I don't want to grow anymore, he says, all right, well, I'm just going to sit here and keep declaring my word over you. I'm going to keep up with it until you get back on track, and then we'll keep moving forward until it's finally 
completed in you. Thank God he's patient. He's faithful. Amen. So we're, faith, we're patient with people. We're patient with processes. We don't like processes, but there's something in the process that brings us from beginning to end. We don't like processes mostly because, you know what, they take too long. But something in the process is working something far better for you. Because this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. This is a lifelong journey of becoming more like him, of reaching out to people every day, of being a light in a dark world is every single day, not just one day and going, whoo, I did it, Lord, I did it. I've shared with somebody that got saved. I can go to heaven now. He's like, well, no, today you did, but tomorrow you get to go out and win somebody else. You get to be a light again. If we're not careful, we get weary in well-doing, going like, I got to do that again. I got to do that again. But, you know, there's just a, just think about it. We're children of God. We get into that, and sometimes, you know, our kids, we're growing them. And we know if you do that again and again, you're, you, you know, you say you're sorry to your brother or your sister, you do your chores, you do whatever without complaining. We know at some point that's going to develop something in you. But, you know, when, you, when they get into the fun and you get to throw them around and all that stuff, and then you put them down, what do they say? Again? Again, they never get to, they never hardly say, do I get to do, do I get to take the garbage out again? Do I get to clean my room again? Like, throw me up one more time. And if we're not careful as Christians, we're like that. Oh, just throw me up one more time, God. Just throw me up. Oh, take out the trash? Not again. But he said, something's being developed. You need those times where you're thrown around and you enjoy just the, the, the glory of God and the, that good time, that time of refreshing in that place. But there's times where we're moving through and we have to be patient with the process that God's working. And patient for the results. We're a fast food generation. We like to pray at the microphone, go around the corner and have God deliver but God never said, just order up in prayer, and by midday, you'll have it. He said, there will be a place where you come and petition me morning, noontime, and night. Morning, noontime, and night. So we have to be patient, and the results will come. Because God's not mocked whatsoever things you sow, you will also reap. So don't grow weary in doing good, right? Don't go, grow weary in sowing good. Because in due season, you'll reap if you don't faint. In due season, you'll reap if you don't faint. If you've been doing bad, you want to get weary of doing bad. Because in due season, you will reap. And that reaping is suddenly, all of a sudden, there's a moment that it's time to reap. We've been watering. We've been cultivating. We've been doing what's necessary, setting our hand. And now it's harvest time. And right now, that suddenly comes. But you know what? Sometimes people are sowing bad seed. And when suddenly comes, they're like, well, how did that happen? So we want to abandon that place and we want to move on. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 5. And we want to just jump into this real quickly. We started here last week. So once we are developing and staying with our faith through that patience that God has really called us to walk into, 
We don't like patience very much. Usually we pray, God, give us patience, and would you give that to me right now? But Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, do we just rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, but not only that, we glory in tribulation or trouble. Knowing that trouble produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. There's a process going here. And so when all of a sudden we see, you know what, things are getting a little more difficult than I thought, we begin to rejoice knowing that if we stay with it, if we persevere, God is working elements of character in us that will be life-changing and life-transforming. That there's a character that is within us that is only developed in time and through time. We live in a generation right now that free agency is really a, a, a mark of what we do. I, I go to the best offer. I go to the best place for me. But there's something in faithfulness. There's something in loyalty. There's something in stick to So I was reading about perseverance. Somebody said, what, what is perseverance? It's grit. It's grit. That's what perseverance is, is grit. They remade it, remade it, but John Wayne was the best true grit. Right? If you ever saw that, you'll never forget when he, you know, pulls out both guns, puts the reins in his teeth, and he's ready to go at whatever he's going to go at. But grit is staying with it no matter what the circumstance. When you know that it's there, perseverance is there, and it produces something in you of character. Paul said this to the Philippian church. He said, I really am anxious to, he said, I'm checking to see whether I can come or not. I'm paraphrasing now, but you can read in Philippians chapter 2. He says, I'm checking to see what my state is, but if my state's not good, I'm going to send Timothy to you. He said, I can't send anybody else right now because nobody else has taken the time to be like-minded about what I'm sharing or what I'm putting into you as a people. Everybody else is in a hurry to, to, to take advantage of you for their own benefit, not for their benefit in Christ. And he said, don't, he said, I'm anxious to send him because you know his proven character. That as a son with a father, he's come alongside and he has care, not for his own well-being, but for the churches. So what happened? He was saying he developed his character through perseverance. That he grew with Paul. He grew in the vision that Paul had. He connected with Paul so much that Paul said, there's nobody else. When other people have abandoned me, when other people have left me and forsaken me, you can read through all through the epistles, when other people have gone out for their own benefit, Timothy stayed the course. You got to be guaranteed that Timothy, if everybody else said, here's an opportunity, here's a place, man, this is too tough to serve with Paul. I mean, people don't like Paul. They're coming against him. I'm leaving. I'm doing my own thing. I could do a better job than Paul. Timothy had temptations to do that. But he said, no, I'll stay. And because of that, when Paul started that church in Ephesus, which grew to be one of the biggest, largest churches of, of the first century, uh, Christian believers, Timothy, he put over that most important church because he persevered as a son with a father. He said it proved his character, brought him into that place of developing those things that are necessary that can only be developed through time and difficulty. 
I know we don't like to hear that, but as, some, as the enemy's coming to, to test our patience and we're meditating on the word and we're praying and we're praising and we're believing God and we're saying, yes, God, I know there's something bigger. Yes, God, I know there's a time, but where is it? Then we begin to just say, I'm going to stay with it. I'm going to keep my focus. And we may go through some difficult times, but I'm going to develop faith and loyalty. I'm going to rejoice even when it doesn't seem joyful. I'm going to have peace even when it seems like there's turmoil. I'm going to love people even when they seem unlovely. When my flesh wants to just go crazy, I am going to control by the Spirit of God my desires of my flesh, self-control. And I am going to be faithful to the heavenly call. In case you don't know what I'm talking about, it's the fruit of the Spirit or the very character that the Spirit of God is developing on the inside of us. It's when circumstances come that we're moving towards the goal or the prize that we get into that somebody comes that's unlovely and we get offended or something happens that creates great anxiety that now we're not believing God but we're stressing at what could happen. There's a place where sadness tries to overwhelm us like a dark cloud, but we stand up and we rejoice. There's a place where it's just, I want to do what I want to do. My flesh, I owe my flesh some downtime instead of saying, no, now is not the time. Flesh, you're not taking us off course. We're staying in this place of the spirit. It's like, man, I just feel like I just keep having to stay with it. You'll reap if you don't faint. You don't faint. One of the things Paul was saying is there's not somebody that I can send to you that has developed character, and if they're in it for them because they can, they're a better preacher, they're a better orator, they can draw people to themselves, but if they don't have the character and the stick and they quit, then what about all the people that they drew to themselves and then they quit? If they don't know how to walk in love, what's going to happen when they get offended with the people and everything falls apart? I said, I want you to know there's a persevering, there's a moving forward. From the beginning to the end, even if it's discipleship with the people that you work with, not just praying and getting them born again, but leading them and guiding them, being an example to them in the life that you now live, in the consistency of that life. We persevere through so many different things to come out and see the outcome. Perseverance, the, the attack against us is to destroy our goals and our vision, and perseverance keeps us on course. If you have goals and visions, you have things that God put on the inside of you. He says, listen, the enemy will come to knock you off course, to make you quit before that appointed time, to move out and try to make it happen yourself when it's not God. There's so many things that he'll try to get you off course, but when you know this is what God's called me to, these are the goals and objectives that I have, whether it's my job, whether it's my spiritual life, whether it's with my family, whether it's with my kids. I've prayed. I've waited on the Lord. I've been in that place. My faith is built. I believe God for what he said about my life. And you start on that journey and think, I believe God. I've prayed. I've, I've, I've been confessing the word. And the moment you step out to move that direction, bam. You face trouble or challenges in doing it. And lots of times, even believers quit. They're like, I saw this, and now it just doesn't seem clear. That's the enemy trying to get you off course. So we continue to be patient, but we also know, you know what? I'm setting my face, and I'm pursuing that which God called me to do. I'm going to get in hot pursuit of it. I'm going to set my focus on it so nothing can get me off track. 
I'm going to grit my teeth, as it were, and say, I'm going to go through this difficulty because there's something on the other side of it. God's got that plan for us. Many, many people have done that over the period of time. You know, I was looking at it, and to understand this, you know, Thomas Edison, who we know, you know, came up with the, the light bulb that we have, well, not the, 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 you know, whatever, the LED, but, you know, the incandescent light bulb that we have. And so as Thomas Edison was going about trying to figure out uh, this light bulb and electricity and all that, 9,000 experiments failed. 9,000 experiments failed. And so somebody came to him and said, man, it must have been a shame and a waste of time, 9,000 failures. He said, a waste of time? It wasn't a waste of time. I found thousands of ways that don't work. Why did he keep moving towards his goal? Because he had failure? No. When he failed, he just said, well, there's something that doesn't work. We need to try something else. Come on, Walt Disney was fired, the Kansas City newspaper, because he had a lack of imagination and creativity. Thank God he didn't quit. He just kept on going. He kept on going. Henry Ford went bankrupt five times. Five times before he locked into the assembly line and started Ford Motor Company. Because sometimes as faith people, we just think, I believe God. Here it is. No, sometimes you believe God. You build your faith. You stay up there. Sometimes it doesn't work out just the right time. Sometimes people say, you know what, it, did, it just doesn't, it's not going to work out. But when you know that God put it in your heart, when you know, don't rush it, don't try to make it happen. Abraham tried to make it happen. He had an Ishmael. But when he waited on the Lord and he began to wait and say, man, this is taking a long time. He found a place where he said, listen, I can either get down and I can get down in the dumps or I can encourage myself in faith. Believing that God is well able. Not all the people around me, not myself, not Sarah, but God is well able to perform that which he promised. I mean, think about Joseph. Joseph had a dream. He saw leadership in his future. He saw whatever that leadership was, he knew that his father and his brothers would be under that leadership for some reason. He got excited about the dream, and immediately the brothers who were going to bow down to him said, are you kidding me? And they threw him in a pit and sold him into slavery. That would have been a good opportunity to quit and say, that was bad pizza, not a dream from heaven. But he wasn't going to let anything dissuade him because he knew that it was God. So what did he do? Say, well, I'll just sit around and see if that dream comes to pass. No, he was sold into slavery and he was diligent and he became the best slave. He put his hand to something, kept meditating on the dream, saying, you know what, God, you called me. Maybe this is the place. If I'm going to lead and people are going to bow down and this is the place, then I have to be the best servant, the best slave that I can be. And man, he started to elevate. This must be it. Man, I'm number two in Potiphar's house. Everything that he's given me, basically I'm number one because I can control anything, but I'm just not him. And in the midst of like, this is probably it. This is my dream. 
The one thing he didn't have, he faced the very same temptation that Adam and Eve faced. Everything in Potiphar's house belonged to Joseph. He had rule over it. But one thing that was Potiphar's could not be Joseph's, and that was Potiphar's wife. And he was tempted freely, like, come on, I want you to partake of this. But what was happening through that process, he was developing character. He's like, are you kidding me? No, my, my master, I've worked hard for my master to trust me. I'm not going to do it. You'd think, well, he's doing the right thing there. He's going to be rewarded. He wasn't rewarded. As he started to run away, flee from the sin that was in front of him, she grabbed his garment and said, now I got him. She was mad. She accused him of rape, falsely accused him of rape. He ended up in jail. That would have been a good time to quit. Woe is me. God, I did everything right. My brothers dis disrespected me, threw me into jail, but I did everything that was right. I rose to the top, just like you said, just like you showed me, and this is what I get for it. No, he went into the prison. And what did he do? He said, maybe this is the place. And he became the head over all the prisoners. God began to work in him, interpreting dreams, which seems like, why am I going to interpret these dreams for these prisoners? What good does that do? But all of a sudden, he interprets these dreams, and the butler and the baker and the candlestick maker. Well, I, got, I added one. Sorry. Um, they go before the Pharaoh. They realize, wow, Joseph got it right. And later, Pharaoh's having dreams. He's like, can somebody do this? Finally, one of them, you know, and they forgot Joseph. Joseph knew what was happening. I'm sure he heard what was going on. He's like, those dirty dogs. I told them to remember me when they were there, and they didn't remember me. But then all of a sudden, Pharaoh's having issues, and he's having these dreams. He says, is there anybody in the kingdom that can interpret these dreams? And they come, and they say, well, there was a guy in jail. They he said, bring that guy. What did he do? He persevered. He persevered. And as he persevered, he stepped into the very place that God was preparing him for. God's preparing us for something he's prepared for us. So when we get to that place, sometimes it, we may think it's that place, it may, it may occupy that place, and all of a sudden it doesn't look like it. And so we get dejected, we get offended, we think it's failure. Instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to stay with it. I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to let him strengthen me even though I feel weak, even though I feel rejected, even though I feel like it's not working that way. God, if it's what you showed me, I'm sticking with it. I'm going through the process, and I'm going to be diligent, and I'm going to have grit. I'm going to persevere through this trouble because I know that perseverance, as much as I hate it, as much as I want to talk about the people who are bringing trouble my way or the situations that are bringing trouble my way, I won't do that. I'm going to develop the character to stay focused. When that character is developed, listen, the people who waited on the Lord, you can read it. I mean, Elisha served Elijah about 15 years. Uh, uh, Joshua served the nation of Israel, served Moses for 40 years before he took his position. 
but look at the magnitude of what they had before them. Sometimes we like to rush it, and we're not fully prepared for the largeness of what God's called us to. And so he's taking us through incremental growth. He's seeing how we handle certain things, and it's slower than we want, but if we'll persevere, God's developing something because the size of it needs a size of character to handle the people that God's going to bring in your life. And so Joseph uh, moved through all that stuff, and it was intense, but he was going to rule over a nation and then save the nation of God for a future purpose. Who knows that you've been called to the kingdom for such a time as this? But it's not time to quit. It's time to persevere to make it through the trouble, to keep your focus on him. And he'll renew your strength. When you feel like you can't make it another day, he'll strengthen you for another day. You feel like I can't do this situation again, he'll strengthen you to resolve the situation, to come to the place that he's called you to come to. Why don't you stand up with me? Father, we thank you. We praise you and we magnify you, Lord. Help us as a people to be patient with others, to be patient with the process, to be patient in the time that we think results are coming, to know that that which you promise you're well able to perform. We thank you, Lord, for giving us that true character, that grit to persevere through difficult times, that we might be like the Apostle Paul saying, we glory not just in seeing the glory of God, but we glory in tribulation because it's producing something far greater. That perseverance which creates an expectation in us and our expectation doesn't make us ashamed because we have the love of God in our heart. That we as a people will stay with it and realize what you've called us to will impact many, 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 many more people in the days to come. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you say this uh, as we go? Oh, yeah, I want to make one announcement. Uh, Awana Club Harvest Festival is Sunday October 31st, so um, have your kids wear their favorite harvest costume. All right, say this we go. What God did in Christ Jesus far exceeds any damage done to me by Adam's fall. And be dismissed, make it a great day.